Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Hello. How's my brother Pete today? I'm just blessed to be here, truthfully. I mean, it's uh, it's been a little bit like kind of a rough road, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of things happening in the world. Lots of stuff happening. Yeah. And I know that some people are like really affected by it. Like they're depressed right now yeah. because of what's going on. Like what? Well, what's I, going on? And well, we're going to talk about it at a show today. Yeah. But... You're talking about Israel. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, but it's, you know, for us, it's like we're being affected. We are. I, I mean, the world itself. I mean, so one, the economy is not where it used to be. So there's definitely issues there. And then the war just makes compounds upon where the economy is. And it just, you know, makes people second guess or think. Or yeah, adds fear, on. adds uncertainty. I mean, like with Israel, it's like, you know, from Americans, you're like, does America get involved? You know, does this escalate into a bigger war? Um, what does that mean? What does that mean for us? Yep. You know, financially, how does it affect us? But you and I were just talking this morning about, um, yeah, we're being affected. I mean, for us, Christine and I, uh, my wife and I, you know, we have, um, you know, tour operator business. And there's a lot of groups that we have that are going to Israel and so forth. And, you know, everything is on hold, obviously, going into Israel because you're not going there when there's war. I mean, that's a little crazy. <laughs> so all the, you know, a lot of people are, you know, stressed. They're like, oh, what are we going to do? And they're canceling and and so forth. But the bottom line is for us, it affects our bottom line, right? It, it affects, you know, our income per se. And then for you with the economy and everything else, I mean, you, you're dealing with, because you're in real estate, you have seven point, what'd you say was uh, seven and a quarter. Seven and a quarter interest rate, which is, and you might be in higher. Yeah. So anybody that doesn't know real estate, if you have a higher interest rate, you have less buyers because they're it's expensive. Well, they have less buying power. Yeah. And and I think we were just spoiled. You know, everybody had you know, two years ago, three percent interest rate was high. You know, and people were getting in the two. In fact, we refinanced and got in the twos. So you know, everybody's looking back at that and saying, "Oh, I'm gonna just wait. I'm just gonna wait." You know, it's just the buyers are just frozen up. Now I know how Paul must have felt, right? That people stopped buying his tents because interest rates went up. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like it's kind of like the ebb and flow. But I mean, yeah. So in your your, your rate, we at one point was really really busy, crazy busy. You were crazy. You're busier yeah. than you've ever been. Yeah. And then now you're at a point where it's like selling a house, yeah. like pulling teeth. Yeah. There's like no transactions. Really, really slow. And I'm about to sneeze. So forgive me. Oh, bless you. Did you get it? <laughs> no. Oh, did I say bless See, you by more? saying it, by saying it, it went away. That's awesome. It comes back in a few minutes. <laughs> what do they do when you say you have to sneeze? You have to like do uh tight or no. What do you do? You say something or you do something and it helps you not sneeze. Oh, I don't know. But apparently that worked. Watermelon, so. watermelon, watermelon, something like that. I don't know. I've heard that before. You but, haven't heard that before? No, I haven't. No. That's news to me. For me, I just plug my nose and sometimes that helps. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back to the business you, thing. And, you know, it's <laughs> I get on a we trail. Were talking about we're going to do a show here coming up. I know we've been, <laughs> we've been promising to finish off the book of John. Well, we're yeah. actually going to do that here coming up and I next think week. next week. Yeah, yeah, next week. So that'll be awesome. But, uh, you know, as we were talking about John 21 and, you know, just kind of just whole thing. It's like our lives. We're Our job isn't to sell trips and our job isn't to sell houses. Yes, that's how 
<laughs> I saw, I was going to say we put food on the table, but that kind of takes God out of the equation as well. Yeah. You know, we just got to trust him in everything we do. Our job is to be fishers of men. That's what yeah. we were talking about, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. re- regardless, whether we're a school teacher or a lawyer or a real estate broker or a travel entrepreneur, whatever our our job, our J-O-B is, that's not that's not our role. Our role is to win people to Christ and to share to share the gospel in however we can do that. So all those things, and for me, real estate is just a platform. Yeah. It's a platform, and uh, God gives me opportunity all the time to kind of show who He is and share who He is through the, through that platform. And I'm just uh, just honored and blessed to be able to do that. So yeah, I mean, serving God is it's simple. It's every day when I wake up, my job is to to love people, elevate others above myself, and help point them to Jesus. So in moments like this where there's crisis and there's a lot of people that are really reeling, you know, just in my industry alone, I mean, not to mention, um, you know, I oversee natural discipleship, which is another nonprofit ministry, and a lot of people don't realize that. But there's even on the ground there, there's financial hardships because of the economy and what's going on. And, and again, every single day of my life, my, what is my job? My job is to be fishers of men. That's the call to all of us, you know, to go and make disciples to our our Jerusalem, our Judea, or Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so what does that look like? Well, in our daily life, that's our focus. That's not how am I going to make money? It's not how am I going to fix this problem? Yeah. You know, the Bible is very clear. I am the the author and finish of your faith. I am the beginning and the end. I'm the one that says you t- that you cast all of your cares and burdens away. I'm the one that brings you rest. I'm the one that brings you wisdom and peace and, and all of that. And so, you know, we want to focus in on the problem. We want to focus in on how to fix the problem or how to make ourselves better. But really, what is our motive behind wanting to do that? And most of the time, if we're having anxiety or we're having restlessness, it's because we have an agenda mm. and we're not content with God's agenda. And sometimes we need long suffering. <laughs> Sometimes we need to learn patience. No and, doubt. Yeah. And so I was just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one thing to, um, to talk about it. You and I, we talk about this a lot, but it's another thing when we're actually here, you know, we're telling our listeners now we're living it. We're in, we're in a stretching season of our life, literally. And, and we're sharing with you that it happens to everybody. Yeah. We're no different than anybody else. But I think because of the word of God and because of our trust in, in his track record with us, how faithful he's been, we know that we're fine. We just, we simplify our life and say, all right, today we're going to serve the Lord. And so what do we do? We're going to record a podcast. What else are we going to do? We're going to talk to people and, and love on them and point them to Christ. We're going to deal with our family. We're going to deal with friends. Whatever the crisis is, whatever the circumstance is, we're going to bring Jesus into the picture. Yeah, I think it's good that you share that. We live in a world where... It's it's all highlight reels. You know, everybody's on social media, and all they see is the highlight reels. Well, you know, sometimes things are tough for us too, but it doesn't change who we are. I mean, we're still children of the King, and you know, our what we think the way things should go may not be what's going to happen, but He's still in control. And I think peace comes when we trust that. Anxiety comes when we try to be God, and we're like, No, I got to control this. I've got to make this happen. I got to do this. And that's when depression comes in. That's when anxiety comes in. That's when fear comes in. Yeah. When we have the ability and 
the where uh, I don't even know what's the word I'm thinking of. Just the, you know, w- when we just hand it over to him, we trust him yeah. that he's he is going to supply the manna. He yeah. is going to take care of us. His ways are better than our ways. When we trust that, then there's peace. Yeah. Then there's joy. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean you're going to be happy. Yeah. And because, it doesn't because things sometimes those trials they're not fun. No. But we come out of the other side better because of it. Yeah. But I still don't want to put a fat picture on social media. I don't want to show that. <laughs> well, that's why social media is a highlight reel. I, I want us it, to be authentic. It's still going to be but, a highlight. But I don't want to be that authentic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. Pete, you're not fat. I'm just playing. You're a big guy. You're just a big guy. You're like a, you're like a linebacker. Or something. I am a linebacker. There you go. Yeah, See? I would be that. All right. Well, let's get going. That was awesome. You know, a lot of times we talk on the show, we we talk about football, we talk about what's going you on know, in so life I snuck and so in a linebacker. forth. I snuck in linebacker there, even though you didn't want to talk about football. No, but it's so funny <laughs> is that, but for us, we're real people. And and I love that we can be real about our own life. Yeah. And so this is like, you know, hey, we're telling the world all over the world, hey, this is where we're at right now in life. And hey, we're with you. And so we're praying for you. We would love to have your prayer requests yes. you come in and we would both pray for you and pray for yeah. us. Yeah. Newsflash. We struggle too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and let's, and let's pray, pray for each other. And so let's do that. Right. Speaking of prayer. Yeah. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity. Thank you that, uh, you trust us to even do this podcast, Amen. Lord. And, uh, man, what just what an honor and a blessing it is. Lord, we, uh, you know, as Pete and I were talking, we're not uh, we're not perfect. We struggle just like everybody else struggles, and uh, times are tough right now in in a lot of different ways. But Lord, we just want through this to just learn to trust you more. And Father, I pray the same thing for our listeners that uh, they would just learn to trust you more, to learn more about you, to to understand who you are, learn your character. And the only way to do that, Lord, is to just talk to you and to read your word. So, Father, give us a hunger to do both of those things. Bless this show today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to label the tape. So this will be part three. So part one for Israel, we kind of um, just talked about what's going on in the world right now. So we just kind of say, here, this is what's happening. Here's the war. Here's the details. Part two is was last week, and that was talking about how we need Jesus, and the Messiah is really you know, the, the answer to peace. We talked about, you know, Israel being, um, being in rebellion and, and where that led. But now part three is we're going to call this Israel war and the fulfillment of prophecy. But part three, basically what we're getting at is God is not done with Israel yet. Hmm. And, and so a lot of people are like, well, you know, is God, you know, in this new way, a new generation or whatever is God turned his back on Israel, whatever. And that is absolutely false. And so what we're going to talk about today is 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 the prophetic thing just just proving how you know even Israel coming back into the land we talked about that in our last week's show but even him coming back into the land but just we want to just overly emphasize the prophetic aspect of Israel and it's just it's mind-boggling hmm. and we'll give context to the Bible as we start talking and as we go through it to kind of help people just see you know, this is it. It's not a exciting time for them, but it is an exciting time for Christians because the Bible is very clear that Israel is the time clock, and when we watch Israel, we know that the time is near. So, based off of what happens, and we're going to talk about that right now. Awesome. Well, let's yeah. dive in. All right. Last week, we dove into the historical origins of the conflict in Israel, exploring the roots of its complex dynamics. Building on that foundation today, we embark on a thought-provoking discussion that examines two significant questions. First. 
whether the modern state of Israel can be seen as the fulfillment of prophecy, and secondly, if the ongoing war in Israel holds any connections to prophecy. Join us as we navigate through these intriguing topics, exploring uh, different perspectives to shed light on the intricate tap- tapestry of Israel's past, present, and potential future. Let's dive in and uncover the layers of meaning behind the prophecy and its impact on the region. Yeah, and it's like a lot of people that are listening to us or followers of Christ are probably like, oh, of course, you know, it's prophecy and God. We've heard this many times that Israel is supposed to be in the land. But I think what we're going to do today is we're it just it's going to tie into the end times prophecy. I mm-hmm. think that's what we're trying to get at and um, and try to set it up. It's just it's too surreal. I mean, it's too like obvious, right? I mean, God is God is hand on Israel. I mean, this think about it. Here's this little speck, the center of the universe, and you look at a map, and all around it is nothing but Muslim countries. I'm talking all the way from Morocco, all the way over to Saudi Arabia, all the way up into Assyria, Turkey, all around it. There's nothing but Muslims that absolutely hate Israel. Light versus darkness, God's chosen inheritance versus the rest of the world's inheritance. They want they want Israel. They've said it themselves. They want Israel eliminated and taken completely off the face of the earth. But in order for that great the war, the Armageddon, you know, that great war, Ezekiel 38, which we're going to talk about today, in order before that can happen, they first have to come back into the land. And so they're not in the land. None of that can happen. None of this stuff can take place. And uh, God's not going to come back on the Mount of Olives, you know, I mean, the Temple Mount or yeah, the Mount of Olives and and say enough unless Israel's in the land. Which happened in 1948. Yeah. And that's what. So let's go back. Let's talk about that aspect of it. And then we'll build into all of this other stuff that we're talking about. All right. So let's start with that first question. Is the modern state of Israel the fulfillment of prophecy? Even if we concede for a moment that the Jewish people that the Jewish people's continuing presence is evidence for the reliability of the Bible, we are well within our rights to raise other concerns. What, for example, is the connection between the Jewish people and the highly contested real estate in the Middle East that makes up modern day Israel? Yeah, because the reason why we're even bringing this up is because some people the connection between God's promise to preserve the Jewish people and an equally emphasized concept of the promised land is viewed as a significant problem. Even today, some Jews and Christians devoted to the question of the relationship between the present-day state of Israel and the land that it occupies. So in 1948, there were Orthodox Jews who were deeply shocked by the idea of establishing a Jewish state based on modern ideas of nationality instead of awaiting to the, the reign of the Messiah. This sentiment still exists today. So therefore, if, if it's safe to say that the due to politics, many individuals in the land are uncertain about whether they truly fulfill biblical prophecies. That's out there. And they're saying, oh, this is not true and, and, and so forth. They're saying that it was, you know, they're just saying it was just a matter, you know, it just happened by stance. I don't know if this is really prophecy. The way that we see it, and we're going to talk about it, is that it is the fulfillment of prophecy and we can't see it any other way. So we decided to make sure that we have it out there. People understand that that's still a sentiment today in certain sectors. But I think the majority of, of evangelical Christians, the majority of pastors, theologians, when they look at the Bible in context, is is they're pointing towards, yes, Israel is a fulfillment of prophecy by them being back in this. So, all right, let's go on to it. Very good. So regardless of politics, it is undeniable that the children of Israel have survived throughout all of these years, despite the current harsh treatment they face. 
Against all odds, they have returned to the land of Israel after being exiled for nearly 2,000 years, just as the biblical prophets had prophesied. Yeah, so think about it. So here's this is the facts. The facts is they haven't been in the land for over almost 2,000 years. They were excommunicated or whatever that is. They were spread throughout because the Bible says that's what will happen, and that's what happened. And then they faced this 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 people group have faced so much hardship. I mean, if you really study the Jewish, you know, heritage, the their culture, everything, the history, this people group more than anybody else have been through hell and back. Mm. And then for them to still come back into the land and to not say that that is a prophecy or a fulfillment of what we're going to talk about here in a second, that's just, come on. It's like supernatural. Yeah, it's supernatural. This should be common sense for people. So, all right. All right. These prophets had predicted a day when God would bring his people back to Israel. Therefore, does the existence of the modern state of Israel serve as, an, as additional evidence of the reliability of Scripture, similar to the continuing presence of the Jewish people in the world? I, I mean— I, I'm saying yes, okay? So based off of what I read and what I understand, yes. But let's clarify a few things. A national spiritual regeneration by turning to Jesus is not a biblical prerequisite for a major movement of Jewish people returning to and possessing the land of Israel. So we're not saying that Israel is coming back into the land because the Messiah has brought them there. We're not saying that. We're saying that God brought them back there and they're still looking for the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what it is. So, but the prophet Zechariah indicated that Jewish people would turn to God through the Messiah only after returning to Israel. That's the key verse right there. Mm. So that would be in Zechariah 12, 10, 13, 1. So there, so we know as Christians that the Messiah came through the Jewish people. We get that. They don't see that. They're, they're still trying to work that out, right? So for them, they're coming back into Israel, and then the Messiah will come back, which we know in the end that Jesus comes back and stands on the Mount of Olives. He does that, right? The temple uh, or the Temple Mount, one of the two, Mount of Olives. I know we mess up sometimes in our words, but we won't. It's in that area. Let's put it that way. Um, but only after returning to Israel. So that's Zechariah 12, 10, 31. So likewise, the prophet Ezekiel stated God's promises, for I will take you from the nations, okay, everywhere, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. Well, what happened before 1948? They were around all everywhere, Russia, everywhere, all over them, and then they came back in. So to me, that pretty much is saying that that's fulfilling of prophecy. No matter how they look at it, that looks pretty clear to me. Yeah. So the passage continues, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh um, Ezekiel 36, 25, 26 says, note that the spiritual regeneration of Israel follows the restoration of the Jewish people to the land. Thus regathered Israel will, as a nation, turn its faith towards the promised Messiah. So as of right now, there's many not uh, agnostic kind of Jewish, or they don't believe in God, or they believe in God, but they don't have a relation with them, but they definitely don't believe that Jesus was Messiah, majority of them. But what's, what God said is, I'm not done with my people yet. I'm not done with Israel. One day, they will turn their hearts to God. One day. And we're look at our own life. We just talked about our circumstances just now. It's in circumstances that helps us say, hey, I, I need help. I need to get out of this. Look at Israel's past. It's in circumstances where they were being Assyria. Remember Hezekiah and Assyria, everything was coming around them. They were going to be destroyed. He's like, God, I can't do this. We're going to die. And then that's when God reveals himself. So maybe this war 
maybe all of this could be a circumstance to help fulfill what the Bible is saying. They're going to come back in the land because the Messiah will be revealed to them eventually. Okay. So that's kind of where we're at. All right. So do you believe it is safe to say that when Israel returned to the promised land in 1948, it was the fulfillment of Bible prophecy based on the scripture you just used? That, that's kind of that what we're getting at. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, to me, it's like, yeah, duh. Right. But a lot of people, they try to read into this a lot, but we're saying that, well, if they're supposed to come back to the land to wait for the Messiah, we know the end. If they would just, if the Israelites would just study all of the Old Testament and Revelation, because it's a continuation base. If you read the book of Revelation, it's a Jewish book. It's all about Jewish theology. I mean, you read everything in it. It's everything that they've already read through Daniel and Ezekiel and all of that. So if the Israelites would just read all of that and then bring in the title of Revelation, they would have the whole picture in store. Hmm. They would see it all. Right. So to me, yeah, it's just a matter of fact. So, but if you look at history, um, we're on four, yeah, or three no? discussion oh. three. Um, it would so the Bible predicts Israel will return to the land in stages. So Ezekiel 37 contains the stark and unforgettable vision of the valley of dry bones. You remember that? Yeah. Right? So the bones come to life in stages first, sinews, which is the tendons of the bone, then flesh, the skin, and finally the breath of life. Ezekiel 37, six to 10. Then God tells Ezekiel, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. So now there's no mistake. And what are these bones? Well, God told Ezekiel, they're the whole house of Israel. So this visit, vivid depiction of Jewish people's restoration to their promised land is well in keeping with what actually is occurring. The regathering does not occur in ten, in instantaneously. Rather, it possesses it process culminates when the nations as a whole receives the Messiah according to the Jewish expectation. So it's going to be a process, and we're going to talk about that here in the next one. It's what is that process? So go on. Sorry, I'm I'm laughing because you're reading this, you know, the the bones and the tendon and the flesh, and all, and next week is Halloween. So I was just like, <laughs> I just started chuckling. It kind of gave me. I got a, a crazy image yeah. in my mind. Anyway, sorry, it was like a thriller video going, going <laughs> off in my brain. All right, so let me understand this. The dry bones represents Israel in exile yep. without hope. Yes. The process of the bones coming together with tendons, flesh, skin, refers to the successive waves of the returning Jews before Israel's rebirth. Yes, so that's that's the context of Ezekiel 37. That's what's being said. Ah, what a picture. It is. I mean, it kind of helps us kind of gather that this is a fulfillment of the prophecy, right? So this that's why we're saying this. But yes, if you look at history, this is, in fact, how the Jewish people have returned to the land. There were five separate immigration waves from 1881 to 1939, returning Jewish people from Europe to the Promised Land. After Israel's birth in 1948, an estimated one million European Jewish survivors of the Holocaust came to Israel. A lot of people didn't know that. Followed by a majority of, of the 800,000 Jewish people driven from their homes in Arab countries. More recently, 1.5 million Jewish people led the led fled from the former Soviet Union and immigrated to Israel. Um, when I was there a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, there was a lot of Russian Jews there. Lots everywhere you go, there's a lot of that. So that's happened, and these immigration waves show how the Jewish people have returned in stages. The body without breath represents unbelieving Israel, restored but not yet regenerated. Finally, according to this passage, God breathes life into these bones, representing the day when all of Israel turns to the Messiah. So again, what is the prophecy talking about? The prophecy is saying, if Israel does not come back into the land, they're not returning to the Messiah. 
But now that they come back into the land, there is going to be a time that they're going to return to the Messiah. They're waiting for the Messiah to come. And we know as Christians that there is going to be another coming of Jesus because we've read the book of Revelation because we know what happens. He's and coming so back. That's coming back. So that's why, you know, for Jews, if they're Jews out there, have them read all of that in Revelation. Then it all makes sense. That's crazy. I, I just Googled it real quick. I was wondering what the, you're talking about, all these waves of uh, uh, Israeli people coming back. And uh, so I looked it up. There's 9 million people in Israel. Yeah. That little tiny piece of land, 9 million people. Wow. Well, all right. Another prophecy in the Bible predicts that after a period of exile, the children of Israel would return to reestablish a national identity, thus setting a stage for a revival of the Messiah and the consummation of history as we know it. At that time, the Messiah will deliver Israel from her enemies, see Zechariah 14.3. So do you think the facts of history, particularly the emergence of a Jewish homeland in the Middle East, line up with the predictions of the Hebrew Bible to form a credible connection? So, yeah, because based off the evidence that we've already presented, yeah, since Israel has returned in unbelief in stages through persecution, the establishment of the modern state of Israel— likely fulfills the prediction of the ancient Hebrew prophets and sets the stages for events yet to come. The return of, to Zion is powerful evidence of the truth of Scripture. It is beyond remarkable that God would restore a dispressed and persecuted people to their land after 2,000 years of exile. To me, it, it should be a matter of fact. You know, my eyes are open, I believe, to this truth. And I think some people might want to fight it and say, oh, no, no, that's not it. And they're going to fight anything ever else. But I can't I can't read those scripture verses that we just said and not say, well, if they were gone for so long, what is it talking about? Was it talking about when they came back with Jesus this time? No, because that's totally different prophetic sin. This is talking about end time stuff. This is talking about future. So that's the context. So yes, that is fulfillment. That's it. Okay. We settled it. All right. Now that we've answered the first question. Is the modern state of Israel the, the fulfillment of prophecy? Let us move on to the second question. Is the current war setting the stage for more biblical uh, Bible prophecy and the return of the Messiah? Yeah, because this is where, this is really what everybody wants to listen this to. This is what everybody's talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. So the show right now, everybody's like, yeah, get to the meat, get to the meat. So now we're here. So <laughs> like, finally. Yeah. So now let's, <laughs> let's start talking about this aspect of things and then we'll get going. Or you can just answer, just say yes or no. Well, yeah. No, that's no fun. We got to we got to go into context. All right. Yeah. Now that Israel is in the land, this sets up the next phase of prophecy, which will ultimately lead to the return of the Messiah. We believe the Bible prophecy clearly reveals that in the last days, prior to the rapture of the church, there will be four powerful kings that will race onto the world stage with two objectives. Objective number one is this: to conquer the world and to reign as global dictators, which we're seeing now. And secondly to conquer Israel and destroy the Jewish people, which sets the stage for the Antichrist. Yeah, so I mean, Israel is currently surrounded by nations that are screaming for their blood. We know that. Iran, everybody's saying that we want them completely annihilated. Anti-Semitism is raging throughout Europe and the United States, often celebrated in liberal universities among our young people. Jews are being targeted around the world for assassination. Their synagogues are being vandalized and worshipers are being killed. This massive prophetic geopolitical drama is unraveling across the front pages of the news feed each day. I personally believe that Gog and Magog war mentioned in Ezekiel 38-39 might have begun, but let me just explain something real quick. Let me give context to this, okay? 
we know that God said that Israel is his inheritance, okay? That God has chosen Israel amongst all of the world to be his people group. That's where he's going to set up shop, so to speak, okay? We know this because in Deuteronomy 32, 8, 9, or after Genesis 11, talking about the Tower of Babel, God then came down. He spread the people amongst all the different parts of the world. He gave them, it says in Deuteronomy 32, 8, 9, he gave them over to their inheritance. The God of this world now is Satan. We know that because Jesus said it himself, that the devil of the world. But Jesus, the, the God's inheritance has always been Israel. He's never stopped loving Israel. Israel's always been a part of that. So we also know in Ephesians 6, Paul wrote that we don't battle against flesh and blood, that it's a spiritual, natural, it's a spiritual, supernatural world. Why in the world would the center of the universe be Israel <laughs> and all of the world around them hates their guts? Or there's, I mean, the Bible says in Zechariah that eventually all the world will turn back their back against Israel. All of it. That's not happening right now. But this could be the precursor of it to happen in the in, uh, here in the future. We're going to talk about it more in the future. But listen, think about this. Everybody is out against this little speck. Nine million people, that's it. Nine million people, a speck. Everything is surrounded by Muslim. Everybody hates them. They want them off the face of earth. Why? Because it's God's inheritance. It's a spiritual battle. We have to use common sense here, people. Why are they always in the news? Why is always that? It's come on, use your brain here. Just simplify it. It's common sense. That's oh. such a good point. I mean, because the population, it's it's one-tenth of one percent of the world's population. And Israel, if you want to look at it geographically, it's just this little piece of land that's mostly desert, but the whole world is against it. It doesn't make any sense oh. unless it's spiritual. There's more. There's more There's, to the story. The, right. the more of the story is God's chosen people. He's not done with Israel yet, and there's a spiritual war going on. There's yeah. evil in the world. That's what it o is. Open your eyes, people. And it's not saying that what Israel is doing is good. And we talked about in our last episode, they're going to reap what you sow. If you reject the Messiah, you rebel against what God came to do, you're going to reap what you sow. The same goes with our own life. If we're going to live in sin and we're going to live apart from God, we're going to reap what we sow. There's consequences. Yeah. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you, but there's consequences. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to face tribulation in this world if we are serving God or whatever. But the mm. difference is God is with us. God is our peace. God is our comfort. God, just like we talked about our circumstances now, that if we, had, we have God now leading us versus where we didn't have it. Israel right now is searching for God in all the wrong places, and they're trying to find the Messiah, and they're waiting on the Messiah, when the mm. Messiah is like, hey, I'm right there. <laughs> you Like we talked about in Ephesians 2, uh, 6, or 11, uh, yeah, 2 verses 11 through 22 last week, it's 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 saying that, hey, Jesus came to bring peace among in the wall of separation of hostility between Gentiles and the Jews. Well, that's what's happening. There's a wall of hostility they hate. They don't know why they hate Israel. They just hate Israel because that's what they're being told to hate. But they, the, the, we know why they hate Israel. It is because there's an enemy that hates God's people. Hmm. And there's an evil. And if you're a child of God, the enemy hates you. The Bible, very clear. The thief comes to distill, kill, and rob, and destroy, whatever else. You know, I mean, everything. Yep. Destroy your marriage, destroy your life. That's, that's the truth. So, all right. Good stuff. A couple minutes ago, you mentioned the Gog-Magog war um, that, that it possibly has already begun. Why do you believe this? Okay. 
So it's this is a war in the beginning of the series of wars that will engulf the world in what many call World War III. The Bible calls it Armageddon. You don't need to be a geopolitical expert to know that our world is coming apart at the seams. We are racing toward the end of the world as we know it. Revelations 13 describes the beast riding out, rising out of the sea. In prophetic terms, the sea means nations of the world. So John is telling us that he is looking at the nations of the world. John is pulling back the curtain of time to reveal that the pending apocalypse. Yeah, I'm burping, sorry. This is something that was foretold over 2,000 years ago and is now coming true in our nation. So here's, here's how I see it. Um, as of right now, Russia has not gotten involved. Okay. So Gog and Magog, uh, according to the Bible is in the land of where Russia is. Okay. So they're the Kings of the North. Okay. Um, and the other thing is, as I already said before, <clears throat> that because United States is supporting Israel as of today, because in Zechariah says all the nations will rebel against Israel. All the nations will turn their back to Israel. Well, right now, the United States are are keeping everything at bay. We're fully supporting Israel. Um, and then from reports that I have heard is that Iran and Hezbollah, is Hezbollah in the north, Iran, Syria, and Hamas, from what I heard is that they were all supposed to go at the same time. And in Hamas kind of jumped the gun. Go attack Israel. Attack Israel. They were because there's there's reports saying that Hezbollah is set up for that one major attack. That's what they're setting themselves up for. And Iran has that same thing and so forth. Well, Hamas went all in, right? They said, Oh, this is time, let's go, jihad, whatever, right? And the other ones didn't follow. But now the United States is there. Israel is um, was now fully prepared. They have over 400,000 people that are called up. And I mean, they're fully aware and ready to go to war for Iran and for Russia and for all them to go in. It's it's kind of like they, they kind of defeated the, the whole surprise attack. But here's what I mean by why I think it might have begun. I think it's just a matter of time. So I think this is like, I think after this, and we don't know, and we're just speculating here. So I'm just going to say this out front. But I think that... Once Hamas is taken out and kind of civility and peace will come back into the region for a time because everybody's going to have to regroup. They're going to have to get, you know, Israel sleeping again because they've waited many, many years, like 50 years or 37 years before they attacked him again. So, I mean, they tried to attack him before in 67 where they all come against them and again. Yeah. So it's it's kind of the same routine. The, the six day war or something? Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing over and over again, but this time only one went. And so I, I think there's going to be peace again here soon. But I also think that it's just the beginning. I think that, well, I know that according to the Bible, we can trust that, that there is going to be a great war and Russia has got to be involved. And, and right now, Russia has his hands tied with Ukraine. Um, and the other thing is that they're going to tie, bring China in. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, we'll no, that, actually, that's context. a good segue because yeah. you had mentioned the four kings, right? So yeah. the four powerful kings that will race onto the scene during the end times. Who do you think those four kings are? Yeah, so according to Ezekiel 38 and 39, the king of the north is Russia, like we just talked, and that would be the Gog and Magog. And although the name Russia doesn't appear in, in Scripture, we can know by where it's calling it, saying the king of the north. We know that geographic location is given in the Bible at the pinpoint accuracy. So we know that it's Russia. Um, Vladimir Putin is currently trying to rebuild the Russian empire. We know that. He said it. We can see it. 
um, with it, he thinks he can conquer the world. Um, they cer- they have certainly started working on um, this with their far-reaching military encampments. So I think they're trying to align themselves with China, Iran, all of these people because they have an agenda. They want to rule, you know, everything. So the second king is the king of the south, which is, you know, the Arab Arab Islamic forces, Egypt, Ethiopia. Um, keep in mind that all direct directions given to the Bible are in regard with the city of Jerusalem. So in God's mind, Jerusalem is the epicenter of the universe. We know that because one day when Jesus comes back, he's going to rule from Israel. So he's ruling the whole world from there for the millennial reign. We're not going to get into that on this show, but that is um, what the Bible does say. So when Ezekiel speaks of Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, he's speaking of the Arab Islamic nation. So that would be the second people. So look at it today. Do we see that today? Yes. Do we see Russia being the, the aggressor and wanting to dominate? Yes. So anybody that's watching the news today and you're hearing this, this is all prophetic. This is talking about in the Bible. So we can say, well, the Bible predicted. And all the prophecies of the Bible to date have all been proven. Jesus was prophesied over 300 and something times, and that's all been proven. So we can we can take what the Bible says and believe it. It's You know, here's the other thing is, it's the only book of any religious book in the world that that has this, that has been proven. There's no other book that has this, nothing. And it's only the Bible. I mean, they have prophecies and so forth, but one, maybe they, it was a guess, North Adamus or whatever. There was a guess and whatever, but nothing like the Bible. The Bible, when it says it, we can bank on it. We know that it's going to come true. So the third king is the king of the East in China, a military superpower that, that neither fears nor respects the U.S. The Bible's word for East simply means sun rising. This lets us know that it, it is describing China. The mm-hmm. king, as described in Revelation, will lead a massive march. Who's the leader right now of that, that side of things? Is China. China is the superpower now. Yep. China's raised up. So they are the, the sun rising, the king of the east, is a massive, will lead a massive march of army numbering over 200 million uh, soldiers. Isn't that the Chinese flag, too? Isn't that a sun? Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> So, so I mean, it's it's we know be, when you look at BRICS, which is this was this is the other thing. So we have NATO coalition, we have the BRICS. The BRICS coalition just recently came into existence, right? So we know what NATO is, and we and BRICS is uh, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, uh, China, and, and South America. And it started America. as a like an economic coalition, right? Yeah, but it's now they're it's, military. Yeah. 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 So BRICS is the East Coalition to the West Coalition of NATO. So BRICS consists of, as I just said, and it also consists of Egypt, Argentina, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates. Uh, together, they could have over a 200 million man led army led by China. There's there's no way. I mean, you look at all of these people that hate Israel, all of this, this calamity that's happening there. Um, we can easily see that happen. And, and the king of the east is distinguished by his number, color, and flag. The three frogs are the three demonic spirits that seduce him will get them to come to the battle of Armageddon. Armageddon is the mother of all wars. It will be fought on the sacred soil of Israel, the global supremacy between the king of the west and the king of the east. The pending prize is the throne of the earth, the rule and reign. So that's the center. So there's going to be the king of the West and there's going to be king of the East. And that would be the fourth king, the last king, though, which is America and Europe. This king will be led by the Antichrist, who will force every person to receive his mark on the right hand or the forehead. Have we? Do we hear that today? 
we're talking about a uh, to put chips in yep. hands and to have it. So right now we're able to walk into some stores. All we need is to have our iPhone, right? And we walk in, we don't have to pay. We can put everything in our car everything or whatever and walk right out. But people lose phones. So what if we just embed it? That way you can't lose it. So the technology is there and that's what West is all about. West is about the technology and trying to push it. So that's what's going to happen. The mark of the beast is going to be on the right hand or the forehead. Those who do not comply will be decapitated. The Bible talks about that. The target of the king of the West is Israel. He will set up his image and proclaim that he is God in the city of Jerusalem. We know that the Antichrist will demand. That's the abomination of desolation that's found in Daniel. The Antichrist will demand that the world worship him. His false prophet will call fire down from heaven to consume the sacrifice laid upon the altar, immolating the prophet Elijah on Mount Carmel. Mm. Understand this, that Satan, they have supernatural powers, okay? The demons have powers, but they can't invent anything. They can only do the thing that God has already done. So God did that with Elijah, remember, brought out. So now they can now do and emulate with that, but they can't create anything new. Only, only they can only imitate what God has allowed them to do. So, so that's that on Mount Carmel. These kings who are currently jockeying for position throughout the globe will come face to face with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in all of His glory. Our God is the Creator of the universe and promised to rule and reign for all eternity. He has all power in heaven and on earth. He holds the seven seas in the palm of His hands and He calls the stars by name. <laughs> who is greater than our God? One. No one. And so that's kind of what is all going to. And so people that are listening to this, like might be freaking out. Oh my gosh, how are we going to be called in? We don't have to worry or fear. I personally believe that first Thessalonians 4, 18, that we're going to be caught up, that, that there's going to be a rapture, that we're, that God would not call his bride of Christ into wrath. I believe that the, when the seals are opened up and all of this stuff starts coming out, God's going to take his bride. That's how I see it. That's how I understand the Bible. I know people disagree with that, but that's how I see it. I can't see it any other way, but we don't have to fear. There's no one greater than our God. We just trust him and draw near. This is a time to say, God, I don't want to be playing games. I'm going to know you. I'm going to be intimate with you. I'm going to read your word, study your word, get involved and be obedient to you. This is not a time to wrestle with that. If there's uneasiness in the world, that means that there needs to be easiness within you. And the only way that you're going to find easiness within you is in the word of God and in God's truth. So, all right. Oh, good. Yeah. Now that Israel has returned to their land, it has created the possibility for the four kings to come against Israel. Do you believe that this war this war will fulfill the prophecy mentioned in Ezekiel 38? I think you kind of already answered well, this. Well, yes but... and no. I mean, I think it's just the beginning of it. So yeah. I think it's like... Um, yeah, I, I mean, if Israel decides to strike Iran, maybe... Um, you know, that might force, you know, Russia to say, Hey, we need to do something. Um, but from the reports that I'm seeing, I don't know. I mean, time this airs because we're recording it, time this airs, you know, things could change. Everything right? could be different. But but I but from as of right now, I mean, if we wake up in the morning and it says Russia is attacking Israel, then yes. So the answer is yes, if that is the case. But but United States needs to pull out. And I don't think the United States are going to pull out right now. The United States needs to not be a part of the scene. So something needs to happen to the United States. So as of right now, the United States is sending a lot of military power there. 
and they're setting up camp there and yeah. they're fully supporting, supporting Israel. Israel. We got Israel's back. And and Russia's not going to attack that. We're ready. We're we're going. Unless yeah. something happens that takes the United States out of it. Hmm. So that's what we're looking for. I think that right now, I think they'll finish Hamas. I think that um things will calm down for a while and you know Russia will get more powerful. China, I don't think China's at the level yet, but they're working towards that. To, to compete directly with us, um, they're close. Their their economics are going to take us within ten years. Yeah, it and, feels like it's another piece of the puzzle, but the yeah. puzzle's not complete yet. Yeah, we don't know. We're but, not. We can't tell. But this is no. kind of what we're sensing as of right now. So, yeah. all right. So, um, what should Christians do in the light of all of this? That's a great question. Panic, right? Yeah. No, we know that. But <laughs> no. Jesus said. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. That's a promise. Okay. So that's in Luke 21, 38. That's what we need to be doing, looking for the soon return of Jesus Christ. But we also need to pray. The Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Psalms 122.6. We want to pray that they arrive at some kind of peace. We want to pray that this horrific terrorism stops, and we want to pray that God places his hand of protection on the nation of Israel during this unprecedented war. Mm. And we just want to pray that people would stop looking at themselves as God and they would surrender their lives to the true Messiah, Jesus. And, and that's where it's at is we pray for, for a revival, you know, whenever there's uneasiness and war or whatever around the world, people have choices. They, they can get upset and, and look within and try to figure it out themselves. Or they can say, you know what? We need a God. And we are Messiah, a good, faithful father. And so if you're listening to this today and you haven't given your life to the Lord, you could do so now. Maybe this touched you. Maybe you're you're in your heart saying, I want to get right with God. I want to, I want to settle the, I want to settle this once and for all. I want to know that no matter what happens, that when I die, I'll be in heaven for all eternity with Jesus. Because that's what the Bible says. For God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. That is a promise of God. And uh, my life is a living testimony that when God comes into your life, he will transform you. He will make all things new. Old things will pass away and behold, all things will become new. And I've been transformed by the renewing of my mind. I, I think differently. I talk differently. I act differently. I love differently. I don't have the same worry, fear, anxiety that I used to have. In Jesus, everything became new. And my hope and my rest and my peace became restored. And so if you're seeking that and you're searching for that, you can have that now. And, and all you need to do is just close your eyes and just ask Jesus to come into your heart. You just need to say, Jesus, I, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I, I, I want to come unto you. I want to trust you with my whole life. I want to believe that you are God and that you died and rose again on the third day and that you are the Messiah. And uh, I surrender my life to you. And I, I, I tell you now that I want to live for you the rest of my life. I want to give you every aspect of my life and, uh, and do that in Jesus' name. And, and, and the Bible says that when you truly, truly repent and you truly uh, surrender your life, he says, go and tell somebody. Tell somebody about this, this declaration. The Bible says, you confess me before man, I too will confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I too would deny you before my Father in heaven. If this is truly what you you did in your heart, go and tell someone. Tell us. We would love to hear from you. 
Bob, how can they get a hold of us? Yeah, great question, Pete. They can go to the riotpodcast.com and uh, click on the No God tab right at the top. And what's is a bunch of questions you can get answered there. But uh, I want to draw your attention to the bottom of that page. If you scroll down, there's a place that says Get in Touch with Us. And uh, so you can reach out to us, give us your email address, and we can, uh, uh, man, we just love to hear from you. Love to hear. Uh, that you have given your life to Jesus. And uh, there's also a place down there. I just noticed this, Pete. I forgot this was here. You can sign up for our newsletter. Yeah, amen. So just uh, subscribe there and just get notified on all the things going on with the Riot Podcast. And then uh, last thing I want to draw your attention to is uh, look at our social media sites. I know we joked around about you know the, the highlight reels of social media, but it's just a great way to connect with other listeners and to connect with uh, with Pete and I as well. And you can go to Facebook, you can go to Twitter, also known as X. And uh, if you, <laughs> you know, if you're one of those people that, you know, maybe you, you, you sit down and listen to the show, you know, you're not driving or not out for a walk or something, um, you could actually watch the show on YouTube, which is kind of a cool option. So check us out there as well. Go to YouTube, check out the Riot Podcast there and make sure you hit the subscribe button and the and the like button. And that way you'll be notified every time a new episode comes out. So man, Pete, I think this has been a great discussion over the last few weeks. And uh man, I just I think you summed it up so well that we need to we need to pray for peace. Yeah. We need to pray that uh you know that the people just would the evil would stop. The people yeah. would turn to the Messiah. Yeah. And uh man, what a just what a great prayer and a great way for us as Christians uh if we're you know maybe nowhere near the area. How can what can we do? What can we do to help? Well, pray. Pray. Yeah, we haven't dedicated three particular shows to a current event since politics. I think since 2016 or what? I mean, uh, 18 or when was that? 20? When was that uh, Donald Trump when we first did it? We talked about politics a few yeah, times. Yeah, our first like, show was right around, I think it was election week. Yeah, I yeah. think of 2020 yeah. was our first show. Yeah, we. I think we dedicated a few we, shows yeah, then we, to that, but not since, not current events this no. much. So this is a big deal. So yeah. this is our third show the curve ends and you know lord willing we don't have to talk about it too much more but i think we gave good context to what's going yeah. on over there in israel make sure you tune in next week as yeah. we wrap up the book of yeah, john i can't wait it's gonna be awesome yep all right be blessed this has been the riot podcast if you liked what you heard today please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends see you back here next week for another episode of the riot podcast